right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Albuquerque Three Angels Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. I am AJ, and this morning I'm joined by... Elder Nick. Um, Mario Portillo. All right. And we are on Lesson 10, titled Giving Back. And this is for the week of March 4th through March 10th. So this week, um, this was an interesting lesson, wasn't it? Because at first, when I started to read this lesson, especially on Saturday and Sunday, I started to get a, kind of get the feeling that, oh, you know, this lesson doesn't really apply to me because it's talking about people who are going to go into retirement and people who are going to you know, make plans for later on in life. But the more I read throughout the, throughout the week, it turned out that I was like, wow, there's actually a lot for us today. And it has a little bit of um, parts in it from past lessons, talking about giving back and, and all of the things that we've talked about with, you know, making sure that we don't lay up our treasures on earth and we lay it up in heaven um, and not having that greed and not having all of that, um, oh, just making sure that we're not focusing all on the possessions of this world. And it kind of, when it started bringing all of those little things back, it started to realize, okay, this is, this is still talking for us today. And how we do things now will affect what's going to happen later on, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to make a big impact, and that's kind of what this lesson is focusing on. And so the memory text this morning is found in Revelation 14, 13, and it says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. When you read that verse, what do you think it's talking about? It's your legacy. You know, it, it talks about your legacy. Um, yeah. And content is about uh, whoever died after the, with the promise of the message of um, three angels' message, because they're going to be a special resurrection. So <clears throat> it is very important what you do while you're alive. And, and we're going to see later on in the Sabbath school is that don't wait to give God into your debt. And when you're laying, you know, before you die, yeah, you could do a lot of things with your money and your time and your effort while you are alive. Yeah. And that, that thing that we talk about a legacy is important, right? Because in order to leave behind a legacy, that would require you to do something that people remember you by, right? You can't just, you know, oh, you know, we talk about the people, who, whether it's famous people or, you know, movie stars, you say, oh, man, look at this movie star. But we, we, we base off of all the movies they made, right? They made some great movies. They were Oscar winners. <laughs> they did all of this, these things in their lifetime, and they left behind this legacy. But if we don't do nothing now, how do we leave behind that legacy, right? And then, Nick, how many, how many people are being uh, worried about the economy and, you know, about their retirement and the 401K and... <clears throat> Pretty much everybody is right now. Yeah. Um, but I think before we actually get into it, let's uh, go ahead and say a word of prayer. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how you, you get excited about a, something? Yeah, exactly. and it's like, Let's get right we, into before it. Before we got started, yeah, just, me, and, we, we, me and Mario <laughs> have been talking about stuff, and so we're like, yeah, let, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Right, you want um, to yeah. lead us? Sure. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your house to spread the word that you have laid out before us. Lord, this quarter so far has taught us many, many important lessons, and I think today's lesson is quite important because you've started from the beginning and now we're coming to the end of life that we need to make sure that we are in the right with you. Lord, we ask you to bless 
my fellow speakers here with me and that the words that leave our mouths are the words you want our listeners to hear. We ask all these things in your son's precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, it's actually quite interesting that we're talking about this subject specifically because yesterday a bank in Menlo Park I did see that, yes. closed its doors because of debt. Mm-hmm. And it's there was video coming out from the from outside of this bank of people lining up to get their money from the bank, (laughs) but the bank had no money. And I think it's, it's quite interesting that this lesson this week deals with how, how we deal with our money as we get closer to that time to finally laying to rest. And with the events that have been going on this week, you know, there's fears that the stock market's about to crash. There's fears that banks are about to close their doors. There's fears that major companies are about to do another layoff. There's a lot of worry. And I think this lesson right here kind of prepares us for things that are to come and that we need to prepare ourselves for those things. And like you said, Mario, you know, people are worrying about their retirement. People are worrying about, you know, their stocks. People are worrying about, you know, how am I going to make the next payment on my house? And the beautiful thing is, is as we learned throughout this entire quarter so far, is that God has already laid out the plan for us to follow in Scripture. We just need to take the time and read it and follow it. Apply it, right? Exactly. And that's the hardest thing to do for us is to actually say, okay, I'm going to put, I'm going to step out in faith and do these things that we're talking about, right? Um, Like we talked about early on, especially the whole tithing and tithing and offering system. It's like, if we don't ever get in the habit of learning to give, well, we're not going to all of a sudden just one day wake up and say, oh, I'm going to give today because that's just how it's going to be. No, we, we build those little habits throughout our life. And as we continue to do that, then it helps us to be able to, you know, make sure that we continue to give later on in life. And so it's something that just happens. And naturally, when we get to the point where we no longer can work, we begin to think about that, right? We begin to think about how, how do we have enough money to, to, to sustain us for the rest of our lives? Yeah. And it says peop, uh, in the lesson, say, uh, as, as people get older, they're almost naturally being worried about the future. And Sister Huai, and, and the part of Saturday, it says, she's commenting on this, all, all these fears originated <coughs> with Satan. If they would take the position which God would have them in their last days, they might be their best and happiest. They should lay aside anxiety and burdens and occupy their time as happiest as they can and be ripping up for heaven. I think um, there is anxiety. Um, I mean, I was working for um, a well-known company, MCI WorldCom, and um, we did have a retirement plan, and we ended up with one penny. (laughs) And... <clears throat> yes, it is. A, a lot of people, when this pandemic hit, uh, you know, uh, because my, my grandpa disappeared from the United States in 1926. Um, and then I started investigating what happened in 1926 to 1929. It was the Great Depression. He ended up in Mexico. And so we just need to be trusting to the Lord because the Bible says that God uh, promised two things. You bread and your water will be secure. Mm-hmm. So we, God will give, well, God will supply. And, and another um, early writing says that 
even if manna has to descend from heaven, even like God sustained Elijah uh, feeding by uh, ravens, he will do that. So we need to trust in the Lord and the word of God. And, and I mean, we haven't skipped any meals yeah. for now. So let's worry about today. Yeah. I think that's what the lesson is. I think this, this whole thing is interesting because I, I have, um, in my job, I work for a lot of people who deal with this exact thing. You know, we go out and we, they, they want projects done in their houses. And majority of my customers are probably 60 and older. And their retirement years, they're either retired or, are, you know, going to retire soon. And we go give them estimates for these jobs. And then they come back to us and they're like, well, you know, can we, can we take this out? Can we take that out? Because I'm on, I'm on a very fixed income and there's not a whole lot I have extra to do, you know. Or sometimes we get people, they'll, they'll do a project and they say, well, I've been saving for like eight years for this project, you know. And, and so it's something that maybe a lot of people that are listening now aren't dealing with. But it's something that we're all going to face at some point. It's something that we're all going to um, have to deal with and as far as planning to make sure that we have enough to take care of ourselves in the future and, and those around us. Now, one thing that's, that I remember is when I was in the military going through boot camp and we got to our first duty station, one of the biggest things that they try to teach you is <clears throat> money management. Mm-hmm. You know, they have this program that if you're going to be in the military for 20 years, you know, by the time you get out, they have a plan in place that as long as you're paying into it, you know, at, at what's required, you could walk out as a millionaire when you're 60. And it's just part of this plan that they have in place. And you're young, you're 18 years old. They say, hey, let's, let's help you save some money. And you're like, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's a Camaro that I want or, you know, I, I got to buy that Hellcat. You know, I got to go get that car because it's so cool. But nobody at that time is really thinking about, you know, saving. Nobody's really thinking about retirement because when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you still have 40, 50, 60 years before you get to that point of yeah, so really like, worrying about like, it. I'll have time, right? And time. That, that's basically where, where I was at that time. You know, I didn't save. Didn't see the point in it. Thank, thankfully for my wife, she got me into this idea of saving money. And now that I'm getting closer to 40, I'm looking at my life going, okay, retirement's about 26 years-ish, right? You know, do I have everything ready to go? Is my house going to be paid off? Am I going to be able to continue to survive? And the scary part is, is I really don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And the, the scarier part is for people out there that haven't even thought about it, who aren't thinking about it, because, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 40s, 50s, 60s. The idea is when you hit 55 years old at that time, you retire. Mm-hmm. You just go out and mow your lawn every morning, go fishing, go work on your car. You're retired. You could survive on that. Today, it's a little different. There's there's people working at Walmart that are 70, 80 years old. Yeah. Our president's pushing 80 years old. So that really tells you how how bad retirement is right yeah. now. Yeah. That, you know, we we don't have the same mentality as what younger generations did. And I think a lot of it, too, is because the church has been pushed out of a lot of these conversations. The scripture has been pushed out. It's more about monetary things. It's more about material things than it is yeah. the things that God wants best for us. Like the here and now. It's, what, it's what's yeah. right in front of me at the moment, right? And, and you know what? Uh, David, um, he was worrying about... Uh, 
his future. And we'll talk about about it a little bit in a down. Yeah, and we can uh, we can kind of go into that. Yeah, and and so the there's three Bible verses in Psalm seventy one nine, Psalm seventy one seventeen, and Psalm seventy one nineteen. The first one says, "Do not cast me away when I'm old; do not forsake me when my strain is gone." And then seventy one seventeen says, "Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to do." And to this day, I declare your marvelous deed. And then the last one says, Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You have, you have done great things. Who is like you? So, but he was, he was worried about it. And as we're going to see, God, um, <clears throat> God did good to him. Yeah, and so we'll talk about that here as we go into Sunday and talking about the rich fool. And we read that story in Luke 12, 16 to 21, and it talks to us about a story here that about somebody, or we can go ahead and read it if you want. Yeah. What do you want to read it? Okay. So he says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all of my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And that's our natural response, right? When we gain more, hey, let's build more barns to store our stuff in let's you know save more let's open up more accounts let's put all this money in this place and we see that all the time and one of the greatest things that i've seen is that when somebody makes more money they get a raise they get a new job right what usually follows is that they make changes to match that increase so they are living one way maybe in a three-bedroom house right with two cars and they say well, I got a job that pays me 20000 more a year. This is great. Well, guess what they do? They either sell that house to go buy the four-bedroom house or they sell the car to go get the sports car. And instead of saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to live the same way we're living but have this increase, right, to be able to be, to be comfortable. Why is it that in America today they say the average about 50% of Americans are one paycheck away from not being able to pay their bills. It's because of this reason. Because even though people make more money, they don't ever, you know, stay what the what like we, lessons we talked about before, that contentment of being happy where you are. It's that we make more money and so as we make that more money, we're always trying to match that with the increases. Let's let's move up in the bracket. Let's move up, right? And that's just a natural response that we have and I don't know if that's just something that we deal with in, here yeah. in the states. But it's something that I have seen all through my life, all through my life. And and anybody, you know, um, a secular person will read this and and say, well, they can see themselves in this story, because that's you, the typical people. Mm-hmm. You, you want to work, 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 and then retire. Yeah. And, but this um, this this parable come in a content. Uh, it begins in chapter um, thirteen, um, verses thirteen. It says. 
Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, my brother, uh, uh, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or uh, arbitra- um, arbitrary over you? And he said to them, Take heed uh, and beware of covenants for the life for for one's life does not consist in abundance of things he possesses. That was the memory text from the last last, last week. week. So <clears throat> there's a story in the Bible and um, David, and it is found in Second um, Samuel seven. It says, after the king was settled in his palace. And the Lord gave him rest from all the enemies around him. He said to Nathan, the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God remained in a tent. So, going back to the other Bible text that uh, Brother Nick wrote, what was, what was wrong with that story? He was living what? For himself. Yeah, for, his, for himself. <clears throat> for himself. So in the story of David uh, in 2 Samuel 7, let me read it again. After the king settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest, so pretty much he could retire Mm -hmm. from all the enemies around him, he said to Nathan, the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. And then Nathan replied to him, and I'm just going to, you guys can read it later. It says, go ahead and build a house for the Lord. Uh, but the same night, Nathan comes back and says, you're not going to build me a house. Um, your son will. Yeah. And, and then he says something strange. God, uh, well, it's not as strange, but said, I'm going to build you a house. So the reason why I brought this is because David devoted himself to live for God. Yeah. So... Uh, and, and I'm almost done. First Chronicles 22, 2 says, So David gave orders to assemble the foreign re- residing in Israel, and from among them he appointed stone cutters to prepare and dress the stones to build the house for God. And he provided a large amount of iron to make nails for the doors of the gates and fittings, for, uh, fittings and more bronze that he could weigh. And then um, verses um 17, he ordered leaders of all, uh, he ordered all the leaders of Israel to help to his son Solomon. He said to them, Do, Is not the Lord your God with you and have granted you the rest for every side? For he has given you the inhabitants of the land into the, thy hands and the land subject to the Lord. So <clears throat> David. During his his life, he conquered. Um, he God gave him the victory over the 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 enemies. He conquered the city of David, Mount Moriah. He brought the Ark of the Covenant home, and for him, he wanted to build a house for him. And then fourteen says, "And I have taken great plans to provide for the temple of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold." million talents of silver, quantity of bronze and iron too great to weigh, 
and wood and stone, and you would add to them. And I had many workers, stone cutters, mansem, and carpenters. And then I finished with this. And then when David was old and full of years, so he devoted his life to build the, 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 the sanctuary. So when David was old and full of years, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. He was also gathered together all the leaders of Israel, as well as the priests and the Levites. And the Levites, 30 years old and more, were counted in total number were 38,000. David said of these, 24,000 are to be in charge of the work of the temple of the Lord, and 6,000 are official judge. 4,000 are to gatekeepers, and 4,000 are to praise the Lord with musical instruments I have provided for this purpose. So David, not only that he provide everything for his son yeah. to build the temple, so how can we translate this in our days? We should do something similar mm-hmm. while we are alive. While we're alive, yeah. While we are alive, we need to be devoted to, and, and we need to, uh, we need to have our kids involved in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and continuing to build. And he was continuing to do all of the work, like the, the, in a sense, like you said, the prep work. Even to, when he was old, until yeah, he was old. Yeah, he was retired, and he was still doing this prep work. But like you said, the most important thing is that he was doing it while he was alive. So that way he can direct and see which way, you know, you saw that amount of money that he had and he was able to direct that money to the, to the very specific cause of building that temple. Right? And you know what? This reminds me about you two guys, Nick and you. You guys constantly working here, uh, putting together this beautiful um, place. And you guys doing it for the honor and glory of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what God requires for us to do. And as we're gonna see, if we if we compare the story of David with uh, with the rich fool, yeah, he was just working for him, for himself, yeah, yeah. And that, and like that whole story tells you, it's kind of like, and I thought it was interesting that it brought that out in the lesson that it said this was kind of a lesson of what not to do in retirement, right? Basically, just working for yourself to hoard it up. And I think it brought out an important point where it said that the problem is not working hard or getting wealth, but particularly as one gets older and perhaps even richer. The problem is the attitude towards it, and yeah. that's the difference, right? Well, what's funny is, like, there's a really, really good video on, on YouTube that I saw, and I can't remember who it was. For some reason, I think it's Shaquille O'Neal that said this. <laughs> but he was, talking about his, he was talking about his first couple of years in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He, he was given, I think, uh, a $20 million contract. In reality, after taxes and everything like that, it's 10 You know, mm-hmm. pay a lot in taxes. Well, he was sitting there, ended up buying a big, huge mansion for like $5 million. And they're like, well, why are you driving around in that hoopty? Yeah. Why don't you buy something else? So he ended up buying like three Bentleys. And basically by the time that he was done, he was only four or five months in into his NBA contract. And it was a four-year contract. He was broke. Yeah. yeah. He put his money into everything around him to get that status, to get that level. And... He talks about it as like being a really big eye awakening moment because, you know, most of us we work for salary or we work on hourly pay. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the week, we kind of have an idea of what we're going to get, but we're getting paid every week. In his situation, his ten million dollar contract was ten million dollars 
up front. Yeah. And he was <laughs> gone That's very, very know. quickly. But now you look at him now, the things that he's doing, the the way he invests his money and stuff, the way he plays, you know, businesses and he plays in the stock market. He's completely changed his perspective on it. But it took an eye-awakening moment for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And for most of us, an eye-awakening moment could mean the house over our head. And we don't really want to be in that situation. Yeah. So the important thing I've, I'm seeing from this lesson this week is preparing yourself but not over preparing yourself <laughs> yeah yeah like doomsday preppers that are have bunkers and tons and tons of food and stuff uh, and i think like you said preparing yourself in the sense of making sure you have what you need but not like you said overdoing it but always ends we'll get to in the lesson later talking yep. about having a plan of what to do with that extra right um and that on that day it says that that the, that the rich fool did not worry about the people that were um, less fortune, fortune. Mm-hmm. and then going back to um, to the story of David, and I'll finish with David. Second Samuel nine. So David asks, "There's any anyone still left from the house of Saul who who can I show kindness for Jonathan's sake?" So Jonathan was the son of Saul, and Jonathan was very friends with. Uh, he was a good friend of David, mm-hmm. and now there was a servant of Saul also named Siva, they summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Siva at your service? He replied, the king asked, There's anyone still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show good kindness? And Siva answered, King, there's still one of Jonathan. He's lame and both feet, so he couldn't walk. And there were uh, where he and then David said, "Where is he at?" The king asked. Siva answered, "He is in the house of Mir- Ma- Makir, the son. Um, I can't pronounce all these days, but anyways, <laughs> to make the sh- story short, his name, the guy's, um, I mean, the guy's name was Mephibosheth. said. He, uh, I don't know if you guys read it, Me Me." I think I got it right. <laughs> so he was laying and and King David brought him to his household mm-hmm. and he ate at his table. That's the reason why the Bible says that David was according to his heart. Yeah. Even though David sinned and, and, and we know all that, but he repented. David did, repented. So I, I was fascinated reading this story um, and doing a contrast with the rich fool. Rich and fool, I was like, yeah. the rich fool was working only for himself. Yeah. He didn't care about other people. Yeah. And so when we pay the tithe and the offering, it, it helped us to, um, to uh, not to be selfless. Yeah. It's, it's for our good because we're going to see later on is that everything belongs to him. Yeah. And I think it was interesting in the story that there it said here that there was no indication in Jesus's parable that the rich man was lazy or dishonest. He worked hard. He got, yeah. he, you know, he, he earned that money on his own by labor, yeah. right? But the problem was how he spent what God entrusted to oh, him. Yeah. And we think back to ourselves, right? How many times has God blessed us with something, an increase or some blessing? And when we think back to that blessing, what do we choose to do with it? I remember 
or when, when me and my wife first got married, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember that there was one year where we got taxes and you get that tax child, that t- child credit, right? And you got all, we got all this money and we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. So I remember we got this amount of money and we we're like, what are we going to do with it? And we went out and just bought all the things that we had been wanting to buy for the past year and a half, right? Like there's all these things, like, I want this, I want that, but I can't afford it now. We'll get it later. And we got this amount of money and we just, we blew it. And I always remember that because I remember we looked back at it and we we're like, the next year, and we're like, oh man, that was, that was a, that was a dumb decision really for us when we think about it. Like we didn't really do anything with it that was positive in, in any possible way. We just bought more material things, right? And, yeah. and, it, and it kept us happy for, you know, three to four months. But after that, it was like, there, there's no purpose to this. There was no point. And so it really got us to start thinking about how to change our attitude when we were, when we ran into money, extra money, or, you know, even gifts of money from friend, uh, from family and stuff. And so it, it really taught us to be, okay, we need to put this to better use, you know, not always just to blow it on myself. And that was one of the things that we had to learn early on, you know. Well, that, that's one thing that, like, my wife and I do is whenever we know one of us is getting a bonus or tax season, yeah. you know, which is always fantastic sometimes, <laughs> you know, we, we look at it and go, okay, we're going to give ourselves this small amount. Yeah. The rest goes to savings. Yep. <laughs> Whatever you do with your small amount, you do. That's your choice. You. Yeah. If you want to blow it all now, you blow it all now. If you want to like hold on to and blow a little here, put a little there, put a little, that's your choice. And usually when that happens, it's like, well, I already know what I want. Mm-hmm. I've already got it pictured in my head exactly oh, yeah. what yep. I'm spending that money on. <laughs> and then it, it's, you go through it and you're like, uh, okay, maybe I should have held on to it for like five more minutes because there was something else that just popped up that I really want now. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's... It's trying to plan ahead for that though, and it's trying to figure out okay what makes sense for you. Yeah, you know what what makes sense for what you're getting, and how do you plan on actually using it? Because most people, when you get money, money in, money out. Yeah, yep. And it's it's very quick, and it's something that has to be learned. It really does because I still know people that are older than me that are still doing that today. They're not. They have never learned how to manage money. Never learned how to. Um, plan for any type of future yeah. and I'm not even talking long-term future. I'm talking like next week, you know? Well, that, what's nice about this too is because this actually goes into the very next lesson that we're about to talk about, you know, with Billy Graham's response. Yeah. You know, when he was asked, you know, <clears throat> what surprised him most about life and he said the brevity of it all, mm-hmm. that is, that's pretty powerful to think about because is. life is very, very short and, if you don't plan your life properly, that life goes by really fast. Yeah. You know, me and my wife were actually talking about this. We're like, <clears throat> man, I remember Isla, my daughter, when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. She's not a baby anymore. And it's like, where did the time go? Yeah. You know, and we're looking through pictures and stuff, you know, from her as a baby to where she's at now. And it's like, I remember that moment. I remember that moment. I don't remember that moment or when do we take that picture? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's crazy how fast life goes. And, you know, we're a lot of people try to collect as much as they can. They try to build up their wealth and there's nothing wrong with building up your wealth. Yeah. You know, but it, it makes me think really about like the Egyptians, 
Yeah, you look at the old tombs, the pharaohs yeah, they did, and stuff. Yeah. They were buried with the gold. They, yep. Yeah, they were buried with their prized possessions because the belief was whatever you collected in life, you take into the afterlife. The afterlife, that's right. Yeah, yeah. As you're going down the River Nile and you have the God set <laughs> sitting there looking at you going, okay, it's the end of your days now. Yeah. Let's go. You're trying to figure out, well, here's all my stuff. Where am I going to put it now in the afterlife? Mm-hmm. That's not how it goes. What you have on earth, you're not taking with and, you. And people still do that today. It's not just a, an old tradition. It's still something that happens a lot where people put in um, photos of their family, photos of the children, in hopes that when they go to the afterlife, they won't forget them, right? That they'll all have a remembrance of them of some sorts. And, oh, yeah. And so even even though it does, we you know we know we can't take any of those things that accumulate. And we can try. They can try. They can throw them in the grave with us. But, and we know that it's not, going to translate and of course that goes into a whole nother lesson about you know what oh, happens yeah. in death and everything else <laughs> and we can go into that but um soon yes <laughs> yes but it, it, it it's really a, a an interesting topic that you know traditions of the past are still reflective today mm-hmm. you know there's reddit is one of the weirdest sites you can go on to there is so much weirdness on there there's a lot of really good informational stuff, but there's a lot of weird, lot of weird stuff too. Yeah. And one of the weird things is people who have <coughs> elaborate funerals, mm-hmm. huge, huge funerals. Like, you know, they're being buried in their car. Yes, I see yeah. that. Yeah. Somebody being buried in a coffin that's made out of Legos, <laughs> which sounds actually really uncomfortable when you think yeah. about it. <laughs> if you ever step to one, it's not fun. But the traditions people have of, you know, like you said, putting pictures in, yeah. in the coffin, putting their favorite toy or their baseball glove or something like that. Like, I want them to take it with them when they go into the afterlife. Yeah. Well, again, you said that's a completely different story, and we may get to that at some some point at someday. some point, yeah. And, and Psalms 49, 17 tells us that, right? But when, when he dies, no. I mean, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. We're not going to take anything from this world when we go into that grave or just not in ecclesiastic to 18:22 you know Solomon oh yes the sun mm-hmm. you know then i hated all my labor in which i had toiled under the sun because i must leave it to men who will come after me now he hated it he hated it With, but <clears throat> his son um, i mean his father didn't yeah. he was you know and who knows whether will be wise or fool yeah, he will rule all over all my labor in which I toil, in which I have shown myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Therefore, I turn my heart in despair of all, of all the labor in which I have toiled under the sun. For there is a man who labor is wisdom, knowledge, and skill. Yet he must leave his inherit to man, who has not labor for it. This is also a vanity and a great evil, for I was a man for all his labor, for, for what, what has man for all that his labor and for his striving of his heart, which he has toiled under the sun. So, you know, when he became a king, God asked him, what do you want? He said, I want wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to be able to rule all this kingdom because I'm a young man. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, 
God, uh, so the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And even that, he said, is vanity. So we're not, why, I mean, we, we as a Christian, we have this hope. And 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, no have entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So <clears throat> nothing that we ever had in this world, God has prepared something yeah. way better beyond that. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine one of the one of the best things that you know a Christian should have is to see Jesus eye to eye mm-hmm. and to thank him and kneel before him and throw the crown and and I, 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 that excites me to to enter the city of, of the the New Jerusalem. It's going God already explained to us how it's gonna be yeah. and Revelation is gonna be gold, real gold. Yeah. I mean things that we ca- can't even cross our mind. And yeah, we're worrying about leaving behind our favorite vehicle yeah. or yeah. Uh, you know. They asked this little girl. She was very rich, and they asked her, do you want to go to heaven? And she said, no, I like my house. It's better. <laughs> because this is this this is um, what, uh, and this is the reason why, and at least in the United States, a lot of people are, um, they, they're not, they don't accept the gospel because they don't have the need. They don't feel the need of, you know, because when things going good for you, yeah. they they don't <clears throat> people don't really care. Yeah. I mean they got plenty. Well, it's it's it goes back to this this idea that you know you don't need God for most of your life until you actually need God. Yeah, you heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know everything in your life can be perfect. It's like ah, eh, I'm good. I don't need God. I did myself, mm-hmm. and then that one situation or incident happens. That makes you just look back at everything and go, oh my gosh, I really need God in my life right now. God, where are you? Why aren't you helping me? And it's like, well, God's been there trying to help you, but you you didn't acknowledge the things, the blessings you had. Yeah. You didn't acknowledge the the things that were positive in your life that God provided to you. And it's in Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That is basically saying the things you have here on earth, you didn't do on your own. Mm-hmm. Give, give that thanks to God for the stuff you Back have. To God, yeah. You know, not, this room doesn't belong to us. The mics we're talking into don't belong to us. The car that I have is sitting outside doesn't belong to me. These are things that God has blessed us with. And we need to acknowledge that first, God blessed us. So we need to take that and do something with it, not yeah. just hold it to ourselves. Because when you hold everything to yourselves, now you're letting that greed in. Now you're letting in that vanity. Now you're letting in all those little little demons into your life <laughs> that, yeah, everything may seem perfect right now, but when it blows up, it's going to blow up big time for you. And, and I think that story, what you talked about in Ecclesiastes, that, that's one that I always refer back to because if I put myself in that situation, I'd be extremely 
infuriating to me that if I worked all my life, say I worked 70 years to accumulate wealth in this world and to build up my barns and to you know make savings accounts and all this, and then I suddenly die. Somebody's going to take Somebody's going to take that, whether it's my kids, whether you had a plan for it, or whether the bank or the state takes it. But the thing is, is somebody's going to take it that didn't work for it, that didn't put in the time, right? And they might squander it. And we hear stories all the time about that. We hear stories about people that say, well, I'm not going to give my inheritance to my children because I know they're going to they're gonna just blow it as soon as yep. they get it, right? They're like, I'm going to spend it all now and make sure they don't have nothing because they, they don't want oh, that yeah. to happen. Well, yeah. Jackie Chan. I, I love martial art movies. Mm. Jackie Chan is one of my favorite martial artists. The man could take a beating. <laughs> and broken bones and everything else, contusions. He can take it and he continues to do it. But with... The thing that was interesting is Jackie Chan has made millions upon millions of dollars. And they had asked him, you know, what do you plan on doing, you know, with your wealth when you die? He says, I'm not giving it to my kids. Yeah. I'm not giving it to anyone. They have to earn their own way in life. And he's not the only rich person I've heard. You know, there are many, many, many rich people who feel that, you know, I earned this. My kids didn't earn it. My wife didn't earn it. I earned it. But it goes back to the whole thing. It's I, I, I. We never hear, God has blessed me with the opportunity to earn this. <clears throat> or God has given me the uh, the ability to do something with my skills that has prospered because I give my faith. You don't hear that. No. It's an I, I, I thing. And when we start looking at this stuff, you know, th- that does come to mind. It's like, well, what are, what are my kids going to do after I'm gone? What is my family going to do after I'm gone? What's going to happen to all my possessions? I've got several crates of comic books, and I'm looking <laughs> at it going, will my kids really want my comic Care books? About that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. To me, it's important, but to them, it may not be. And, and I think that's why it talks about here. Um, if we get to the bottom of that portion of the lesson, it's estate planning, a will, and a trust. And I know a lot of people don't want to do those things, especially, like you said, now when you're working and everything's fine and you're young, you're like, oh, I got, a, I got a long time to worry about that. But if you die without a will, like it says, most civil jurisdictions will simply pass your assets on to your relatives, whether they need them or not. So somebody's going to get your stuff and it might not be who you want to get it, right? Um, and, and, and I think I got a, I, I, I got a, <clears throat> reading the whole story of Solomon and, and King David. King David was, <clears throat> was not thinking of that. Who's going to labor? Who's going to take my labor? He was worrying about serving God. Mm-hmm. The problem with Solomon, even though he repented because he blew, he blew the money, he blew the well of his father. After, after Solomon's uh, death, somebody did took, took his well. The, the, the 12 tribes of Israel were divided because of his incompetence. Even though we know the story that Solomon repented and lament, and we have um, counsel and ecclesiastic in the book of lamentation, but um, it did. The very thing that he was worrying about, it did happen. Mm-hmm. But, but because he was not trusting in God. Yeah, and, and um, we see here at the bottom of Monday's portion of the lesson and it talks about like I said it talks about that whole thing with the will and making sure that people get you know who's going to get what and I thought it was interesting here that it said the church if not 
if not uh, actually laid out in the plan, the church will get nothing, right? And I've, and I've been part of a church where this situation happened where someone did pass, and in their will they had a very specific um, amount of money that was going to go to the church for a very specific cause. That money went to the church, but it didn't go into the church like here's just money going into the church general in no account. It was, I want it to go to the church, and you, the church has to buy these things that they needed for so long with this amount of money, and that will be kind of like my last gift. And and they did, and th- this money went into the church, and they used that money for those specific causes, and a lot of the in, in the church ministries was, was able to benefit from that, from one person's gift to the church, and it was, it was a large amount of money. And the church honored her wishes, right? And as a result, all of those ministries were blessed because somebody made a plan early on to say that when I'm gone, this amount of money, this large amount of money is going to go to this cause for future generations, right? We think about if we put money into types of children's ministries and pathfinders and adventures and stuff like that, that's going to help these children to grow spiritually. That's like, that's putting in a huge investment for God, right? The biggest thing is it's like God wants you to, you know, do the best with your life. God wants you to earn. He wants you to achieve great things. He wants you to, to, you know, make your life a better life while you're on earth. He wants you to do that, but he wants you to do it right. And I think that's where a lot of people get, get that confused. They, they start getting abundance and blessings. They start, you know, getting that promotion. They start making that extra money and they start doing these extra things and not reflecting on where they got it from. Who's responsible for it? And again, a lot of times it's people will think it's me, 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 I, 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 I. And that is the most dangerous letter in the alphabet, I, honestly. (laughs) You know, because you can't do anything by yourself. You can't achieve things without, you know, having God in your life, without having, you know, that backing, that structure. Mm -hmm. And it's important for you to look at the stuff you have in your life and to weigh it out and go, okay, this is what I have. This is what I still owe on. This is what I have I have fully collected because it's mine. It's mm-hmm. paid off and all that. Because when we die, the biggest thing I've heard and seen is debt is left to the family. Yeah. And do you really want to leave this this <clears throat> plane of existence with your family struggling because of your actions? Yeah. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to run in that situation where the things that we're doing is going to impact our children or our grandchildren. Yeah. And the average funeral in the United States is around seven to $8,000. Are you planning for that? Are you planning to take care of that? Because that burden shouldn't fall directly on your spouse or your children. Yeah. Cause it's going to go on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's planning for that. It's making those decisions, putting it into a will because a will, as long as it doesn't, have like weird stuff like in order to get this you have to dance on one leg <laughs> right. for three minutes with a banana on your head or something states will honor it lawyers there's gonna be some contestation mm-hmm. because you know there's always somebody who has greed who wants more and is not getting what they want that's going to happen but your will should say okay my life insurance this portion should pay this off this portion should pay this off my wife and my children should get this, all that. My comic books, whoever wants them gets them. Gets them. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to plan ahead and state that. But 
biggest thing is give back to God. Yeah. You know, you're not going to need the money. You're not going to need the, the possessions you have. If you have something that you know the church could use, as you said, like that donation to the church for these specific things, you know, plan ahead of that. You know, work with your spouse. Your spouse, will, if she or he is in the same context of understanding the need for listening to God, for following God, for giving back to God, it'd be a joyous thing to plan that saying, Hey, let's take 10% of whatever I had, whether sell it, you know, auction it off, whatever, and take the proceeds of that and give it back to God. You know, the blessings that have come from that, not just for your family, but for those that could be benefited from it, it's going to be great. <clears throat> and those who are not very blessed with, with abundance of money, um, the memory text says that, that their work will follow them. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> there's many people, our pioneers and from the Seventh-day Adventists, they left a legacy. It was maybe write books that they wrote, yep. um, especially Sister White. She wrote many, many books. She, she devoted her life during her life mm-hmm. to dedicate it to, to the Lord. Um, Proverbs begin with the person who needs. What do you and, guys... Um, well, being that we only have like about less than a minute left, oh, yeah. we have to pretty much finish up. But pretty much like talking about the rest of the lesson said, you know, to make sure that we do make sure we cover everything for our personal needs first, taking care of our families. And then that took us all the way back down to... Thursdays, which talked about that, what we talked about in the beginning, that spiritual legacy, right? Um, making sure that we at least think about what we're doing now and how that's going to leave that legacy for the how future. How you to be remembered. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because we did have a, a funeral here at the church this, mm-hmm. this past weekend. And the one thing that was very <laughs> common from every person who spoke yeah. was that she loved God. Yeah. She loved she was this church. She, yeah. she, she was serving. Right? And, yeah, and that's a legacy I want to leave. And, I want, and the smile. Yeah, the and, smile. And, you know, if you think <laughs> about that and how much we can all do little things like that, like what, what people remember someone by, right, yeah. to to do. Um, and it's like I said, it's not always going to just be the money. It's not always just going to be monetary value at the end about what type of legacy you leave, even though it talks about that here in the lesson. But, it, like I said, what what can you do? that can leave a legacy for those afterwards, your example, your, your kindness, your, how you treated others that people will remember you by. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most important things that, that we have to think about, even though it's something that's completely opposite of what the, the world wants us to think about, you know, Hey, gain as much as you can for yourself. It's all for you. And that that's about it. Well, are they going to remember you like uh, Solomon when he died? His kingdom was divided, yeah, and he treated his people very bad. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I guess we just have to be faithful to the Lord. Yep, uh, everything that we possess is, is just borrow. Yeah, with just a sack of uh, <laughs> clay. <laughs> you know, we 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 could die anytime. Yeah, and remembering and, that we need to do our best to be able to plan. Or those situations, yep. yeah. even though it, for us we might think it's, you know, more than 10, 20 years it, off, it doesn't matter. It, and it's our what? responsibility to do so. We have to take care of our kids too. Yeah. Because imagine if you, it's our responsibility. If you don't, it, um, I was thinking 
you know, because it, it recommend if if leave it all to the church. Yeah. And then what what if that kid, if you don't leave him nothing, he's not coming to church. Like I said, and that's, why it, that's why it talks about personal needs being met so first, you, not you, only yours, but your family's. So you got to be very wise. Mm-hmm. Ask Solomon, ask for wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom is um, be the, uh, do a different, which is uh, the good and evil. You can know what's good and what's, what's good evil, and, what's evil. Yeah. and be wise. Yeah. Wise is different than knowledge. Than knowledge, yeah. Yeah, so good lesson. Very I think good. it's very informative. I, I like how we're now starting to look at, you know, from the beginning and we're getting closer to the end of this quarter. Yeah. You know, I just want to say it's been a blessing. It has know, been. Doing this. And, and a lot of things we haven't really thought about in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you guys know what the uh, Sabbath school lesson next, next quarter? No. Not yet. I not think yet. it'll be posted probably next week. Okay, well. <clears throat> what message can we give the uh, Sabbath school listeners um, to come and visit us? Um, yeah. To our church. We're here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, come and worship. Uh, you're more than welcome. And also, just to let our listeners know, too, if you have any questions or you're interested in learning more about a certain topic from any of our Sabbath school lessons, reach out to us at podcast at three angels sda.org that is the number three angels sda.org you can also go visit our website and contact us through there or you can even listen to some of our other podcasts through spotify google or apple podcast and you know join us you know if you have questions feel free to reach out we will definitely listen to them we'll respond and we'll we'll share the message with you and we look forward to you guys attending our next uh podcast right. what is the website for for the uh, to Sabbath school to download it you could go um to the Sabbath school go, right? go, go, Google PlayStation and uh, app and you could download the but if you want a, a copy if you live in the Albuquerque area you can come to our church and we'll, yeah, we'll we be more than willing as well yes. yeah. all right you want to go ahead and close it yes right. <clears throat> our father in heaven we thank you we give you praise and Lord, um, thank you for being with us. And and we ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom how we manage our uh, the things that you entrust to us. Uh, we also pray for for those who are listening and uh, that are um, maybe thinking about man, how to manage their money. Lord, everything belongs to you, and we want to do the right thing. Uh, you come in very soon, and um, give us wisdom like Solomon. Give us the heart like David, that we could do the work during during our lifetime uh, as we live, not wait until we and bound bed, and um, we then we getting ready to do something for the Lord. That's not what the spirit of prophecy, the counsel. She wrote, Lord, by your inspiration that we should honor you while we are alive. And we also pray for and thank 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 uh, for Nick and and uh, AJ. And you may bless them with this ministry and bless us as a church. And we ask this not because we deserve it, Lord, but because 
are your many mercies. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This podcast has been brought to you by the Albuquerque Three Angels SDA Church. If you would like to know more about our church, please visit threeangelssda.org.